0: welcome to another episode of the chokeslam wrestling report i am your host the ultimate one coming to you live from new york city and tonight we're gonna go through aew dynamite bash at the beach that came from miami florida last night and it was a good show i'm gonna give you my opinions the good and the bad about this show um and the bad part is going to come from the women's division but let's start off the show here we're talking about the four-way tag between Hangman page kenny omega versus the young bucks versus the best friend versus proud and powerful this match was everything that you asked for but usually i will go through move by more but let's go to the main idea or the main storyline through the whole match um, if you guys watched the, um, the match last night, uh, there were certain little spots where you saw um, Hangman Page being annoyed with um, Kenny Omega. At one point, we saw that um, during doing the match, Matt Jackson needed to make the tag. And he instead of tagging Hangman Page, he ended up tagging Kenny Omega. Um, so there was a lot of stuff going on here that you showed that... There is possibility that Hangman Page will turn on Kenny Omega. This match, of course, started off with the process between Best Friend and Young and the Young Bucks. And Omega was helping out the Young Bucks during this match. And you will swear it was the elite versus everybody. And Hangman Page felt like the loner out of all this. And they did control the match until probably powerful ended up attacking everybody and they took charge of the match. And like I said earlier, there was a one point that had Matt Jackson in trouble. And then instead of you know Matt Jackson tagging Hangman Pace, as he was the fresh guy and he did not come in the ring, whatever, he uh pretty much tagged Kenny Omega. And that look, you could tell the face uh, of Hangman Pace, he was pissed off um this match was great because there was at uh, one point you saw trent hit a suplex from the top and landed on the pile outside and i think he did it on kenny omega it was a great spot for these guys uh it was a great match oris cassidy got involved in this match and he assisted in a didactic suplex from um best friends i believe it was uh uh, Prime powerful on the other side, and he assisted in the didactic Slam. The Jumbo was going to go uh, going to Super Kick Hangman Page at one point, and they stopped. And this cost them the match because then after that, you could you could tell that Omega and Hangman hit the V Trick and the Buckshot, and they ended up winning the match um by pinning Chucky T. But this shows you guys that there is a possibility that next week, when Hangman Page and Kenny Omega fight SCU, there will be a heel turn. I will not be surprised if that does happen. So, that was something to, um, something for you guys to look forward to next week and keep an eye on. And the next thing that happened after that was the Cody responded to the MJF. He pretty much, um, they pretty much, he accepted the match, the 10 lashes, um, the, the, Part where he can't tug, tug, uh, touch MJF to um, revolution, which is February 29th. So, Cody Rhodes pretty much already said that he is accepting the match. So, that is something to look forward to. I mean, the fact that you have Warlow going against Cody Rhodes in a steel cage match, AEW's first steel cage match, it's going to be something you guys have to look forward to because what is going to happen is you know, is They're going to give Warlaw his first loss against Cody or something's going to happen. That's something I'm looking forward to. I believe that's going to be that match. I believe, if I'm correct, I think February 19th. So they are just doing it 10 days before the um, actual match between Cody and MJF, which leads me to believe something has to happen from here all the way to February 19th. Which leads me to believe that the warlord is going to attack Cody. Um, something has to happen. But right now, that so far, so far those, uh, the, the first match of the night was great. That Cody coming out, talking about his a big fight against MJF, was a good start to start the show for AEW. So, um, we'll be right back after these messages. If you haven't heard about Anchor, to get started. And we're back. So, uh, they did a George Janela uh, promo. He talked about uh, uh, Penelope Ford, of how she hit him in the nuts, whatever. Um, but then, the, what I call the crowd killer. The fans were up. They were excited onto the crowd killer match came out. And that was Brandy Rose and Melody Cruz versus Chris Dan Lennon and Hirokashita. Kushida. Now, I do like Chris Danlin. I like Hiroki Shida. Melanie Cruz, i never seen her. This girl is a tall, giant of a woman. But the big part that I was like, what I said last week, Randy Rose coming out. Randy Rose can't wrestle. I, I'm going to say it again. You know, she can't wrestle. And the fact that she's involved in these matches because she runs the women's division, it's, it's horrible. This match was horrible. I'll tell you right now, there was a lot of botches. At one point, um, Chris Stanley went to do like a, a flip outside on Melanie Cruz. She missed her completely. So Melanie, I don't know whose fault was that. I don't know if it was Melanie Cruz who was too was outside, was outside, was way off the mark and made Chris Stanley look bad. And she looked at and she like she botched the match. This match was boring. I'm gonna be real. If they don't do something about this AEW women's division, they're gonna have problems. This reminds me of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor had these problems where they couldn't get their women's division to go, and now they may not have a women's division because the, the women's title, you know, was taken out of their website. But that's besides the point. NXT right now is the has the best women's division there is, and I hate to say it because it's WWE product. But let's be real. I'm gonna. I'm going to say what's right and what's wrong. And right now, the NXT women's division is stacked with a lot of women to wrestle. And last night, I saw the ending of NXT. And I compared it to this AEW women's match. This match was horrible. The bodges in this match. I mean, the worst bodge was when Chris Danland did a, a sit-down um, power driver and landed Melanie's cruise head on straight down Drove to their mat. I mean, I don't know if it was Melody Cruz. Fall for, for not talking ahead and I don't know. But this was horrible. They need to get together with this AEW women's division because it was horrible. That's the worst match I ever seen in AEW so far. And this is like, what, 15 weeks already? It's, it's, it's horrible. It was horrible. I cannot believe that this is what's going on. This nightmare collection or collective, whatever they call it, is garbage right now. There's Melanie Cruz is a big tall woman. She got the skills, but Brandy Rose shouldn't be nowhere near this. Nothing. Just run the division behind the scene. Cause you're trying to get you're trying to get uh, um T V time and you don't deserve it. You never was good wrestling. I mean, you showed me back in double or nothing when you wrestle Allie how green you are and you was crying in one promo a couple of oh the year ago about how you're trying to learn the, the business and learn the the to wrestle girl you were horrible last night you was horrible and i don't care what anybody tells me because i'm going to keep it real you know this podcast i'm gonna tell you the good and the bad when it comes to aew so this was horrible um the next match was sammy Guevara versus john moxley this match was pretty good um and of course john moxley um did what he had to do he uh rugged tough you know he uh he t- attacked, he uh, actually Sammy Guerrero tried to attack Moxley in the beginning of the match, but Moxley took control of the match very quick. Uh, Sammy hit a, uh, Moxley with a cutter, yeah, um, and he uses high flying ability to make his moves. Um, he did this while Moxley was outside. Um, Sammy blocked uh, uh, Moxley's paradigm shift at one point at top, bro. I think Moxley was trying to paradigm shift him on, on the edge of the ring. And Sammy Guerrero was able to get out of that and pretty much dropped Moxley on the edge of the ring. And he stopped Moxley while he was on the edge of the ring to the outside. So this match was pretty good back and forth. Um, but, of course, um, Sammy Guerrero doesn't stay back. This guy is great. He At one point, uh, Moxley was on top of the road. Sammy ended up hopping on both ropes, catches Moxley, and does a beautiful Spanish fly on him. It was beautiful, uh, and he hit hit a knee, but then he got caught. He got caught um, trying to do like a moonsault uh, on, on Moxley, and he got caught in some submission hole. It was the first time I seen Moxley use the submission hole um, and made Sammy Guerrero tap. But then Jericho's music came out, popped out, and all of a sudden the light goes out, and when the light comes back, it's the whole inner circle surrounding Moxley. They ended up attacking Moxley. And um, Jericho ended up taking the spike of his jacket and pretty much jabbing um, uh, uh, Moxley's eye with the f- spike in his eye. It was um, uh, a medical, um, medical assistant came in, referee trying to stop um, Jericho from continuing hurting him. So we see right there that this match between Moxley and Sammy Guevara was a shot. Whoever won that will face the winner of the Dabry Allen Park match on the number one contention spot, which I find it kind of weird because Sammy Guevara has not uh, only won a couple of matches this year. And, you know, pretty much, I guess, uh, they did restarted uh, the, um, the, uh, the records, but it is what it is, guys. So we'll be right back. And the next match was Puchin Blade and MJF versus TDP Dustin Rose and QT Marshall. This was a pretty good match. Of course, you know, QT and Dustin started strong. They started dominating until MJF hit Dustin with the with the ring. But the actual ring, that he won the Battle Royal a couple of months ago, and he hit him, and that's how they took control of the match. Um uh, So, therefore, you know, not only that, but then Warler got involved. He followed that up after he got hit with the ring. He followed that up with a kick. To the head on Dustin, so so excuse me. Um, So then after that, uh, once they tagged in DDP, I mean QD Marshall did pretty well. He did good. Um, He did his stuff, but once DDP came into the ring, the place came on glue. He did the um, diamond cutters on, I believe was the butcher. I think it was. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, I believe I came not even see this right now. Take him into play. Actually, MJF got caught. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just looking at this notes because, I mean, I, I'm trying to do this podcast differently. I don't want to go through moves to moves, but I remember the Dustin Royal caught MJF, hit him with a Canadian destroyer, followed that up with a DDP diamond cutter on, on MJF. But while everybody was outside um, taking turns and jumping over the ropes. Uh QT Marshall was in the ring and MJF ended up rolling him for the win. And that's the way that match ended. But DDP got a good showing. Um even though he's in 60 something years old, I mean honestly I don't like seeing old guys in the ring. And I and everybody's gonna say, oh but Jericho is old but Jericho's still 48 years old. he's still come over in that ring. When I see guys like DDP in the ring kind I get a cringe. But he did pretty well. He did pretty well he did he, he didn't stay long in the ring. I mean, he came in at one point, came back out, and but they ended up losing. But it was great seeing DDP again. I mean, it felt a little bit like WCW from 2000, nothing like 1998 or 97 or 96. Um, that's that's the way it felt by seeing him. But it is what it is, and hopefully, you know, we get um, more of that in the future, but in a different capacity. Not in wrestling. It could be a manager. go do something, you know, so – so, they had the SCU's promo. Um, they, were, they were interviewing SCU, and all of a sudden, Hagman Page comes out, and he comes out drunk and starts uh, talking nonsense to the SCU. He ends up spinning, spilling the drink on Christopher Daniels' shirt. Um, they're ready to jump him because he's acting like a fool. So, we told talking about he'll beat all three of them, and then Kenny Omega has to come in, apologize, and tell us that I got to SCU. He respects them. He's looking forward to wrestling them next week for the AEW titles, tag team titles. But we could see Hangman Page turning on Kenny Omega. I could see it happening. And, of course, there's always going to be a, uh, a um, how do you call it, a tag, uh, an attack team, which is a great way to a uh, heel turn or whatever. But remember, guys, back in, um, in New Japan at one point, remember when Kenny Omega ended up losing his U.S. title IWP US title to Jay White and Hangman Page ended up um, uh, challenging Jay White as soon as he lost. Uh, he won the belt and Omega was the first one that came out and pretty much uh, um, stopped Hangman Page from challenging him and everybody. That's not the whole Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega few started when Cody ended up. This could be lead this this part that happened years ago, a couple of years ago, could be brought up again. So the minute I'm, they don't have to mention New, New Japan, they could mention Japan. So that, that that could happen, and I could see it happening next week. I could be wrong. I don't know, they might push it, but who knows. Um, the one thing I, I forgot to mention, it was the Dark Order uh, promo. That Dark Order promo, um, they show uh, Michael Nakazawa. They show Brian Cutler. They show even hang page as part of one of the guys that they could bring in as the assault, assaulted one. I don't know, but a lot of people in the wrestling community is talking about it could be Matt Hardy, since Matt Hardy contract ends in March, but we're still in January, so who knows? But that's something to look forward to. Uh, so that Dark Order thing is still... I'm not too crazy about Dark Order, but um, we'll see. We could see what happens. I mean, I know they ended up feuding with... Um, with uh, SCU and the Young Bucks, and they still this is what I'm talking about. They don't follow up on the fo- with with, um, with storylines. This happened two weeks ago. They jumped them or last week, whenever it was, and then they follow up. There's no follow ups, and that's I think that's one of the problems AEW has. They don't follow up. They got too much in their plate. Storylines not being connected, and I keep saying that, and people don't want to listen to me, but it's the truth. We'll be right back, and we're back. So. The main event was Pac versus Darby Allen. This match was great because they had two guys who um, have high intensity, and Darby Allen is very, very uh, high risk, takes a lot of risk. Um, both started on a feeling process in the beginning, but then Pac took control when he caught Darby Allen with a tilt the world bike breaker, and then he just started like, you know started taking over because he, I mean, he's a stronger guy than Darby. Had him, but Darby Allen stayed behind because Darby went and he caught um, Pac outside with a suicida. And then he caught him again with a shoulder block that hit Pac hit the railing kind of hard. And, you know, it, it, it was like, at one point you thought, you figured like, well, look, Darby's taking control again. But at one point when Darby tried to go back outside or he tried to do like a uh, it looked like he was trying to do a Quran, he got caught and Park swung them against the metal uh staircase outside. He even went as far as to grab him and power bomb them on top of the metal cases, metal steps. I mean, and it looked about it looked like he, you know, it, it was crazy because he power bombed them on the top of the metal steps. And I was like, How in the world, you know, on how the hell he got up? That's that's what my question was. Uh, and at one point, it looked also like uh, Darby Anna got caught in the top rope. It looked like um, Pac was going to do some like a uh, uh, like a Bacoli driver from the top rope, but some way saw how Darby hit him with some freaking cross cross uh, not cross but it was like a crucifix like um, slam from the top rope. It was ridiculous. I, I I was like, oh my god, Pac is not getting up from that. But eventually Park got up. Uh he even went uh I think Park went outside and he got caught with a coffin drop from Darby Allen. Darby Allen was just going nuts everywhere. This guy does not care for his body. He just did a coffin drop, caught Park very beautiful with it. But you know, um, Darby even went in and caught Park with a with a with a stunner and then he hit him with the cold red. It was a very weird way to um Pin Pac, but Pac got out, and he uh, ended up on the two count. It was crazy, but then Pac went and caught um, Darby, and um, and with a black arrow, and he ended up pinning Darby Allen. So Pac gets to face the winner of the uh, Moxley and Guerrero match. So he started saying that he. Won by forfeit that he's the number one contender that he's going after Jericho, which is beautiful because now he's messing in Jericho. It could be a three way, There could be a lot of stuff going on with that. Um, and he, um, he pretty much said that he didn't need to wrestle, um, Moxley because Moxley was incap- uh, incapacitated because of how he got smacked in the eye, um, earlier during the night. Uh, but apparently, Moxley popped out and he uh told. He will be there even if he doesn't have an eye next week to fight for the number one contender. I think next week is the Jericho Cruz. Yeah, I think they're doing it from the Bahamas, so that's something to look forward to. So um, overall, the show was not bad. Uh, this show did well. So um, we'll see on the on the on the ratings uh, how well they did in the Nielsen ratings, um, but I think it was a little better. They still got to work on the uh, women's division. We'll be right back. And we're back. Back to what I was saying. The problem with AEW, first of all, the bodges tonight was horrible. I'm going to keep saying it. Oh, last night was horrible with the fact that, you know, um, Melanie Cruz, you could tell, I mean, she's very, she's good, but I think she was not on the spot where she was supposed to be at. Hiroki Shida, I love her. She should be AEW Women's Champion. I mean, Riho again, no show tonight. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, they should take the belt away from her and give it to either Chris Danlander or, um, or Hiroki Shida. I mean, you're not, no Nyla Rose tonight, um, no Awesome Khan, no Sadie Gibbs, no Penelope Ford, no Sh- Sh- Shayna. Um, to be honest, it's like I look forward to the rest of the show, and then when the women's division come out, it's like I'm watching WWE, and it's just mm-hmm. horrible that you feel that way where you got so many talent in the AEW division, what are they waiting for? You know what I'm saying? Um, And please don't tell me they're waiting for Tessa Blanchard because right now Tessa Blanchard is walking around with a black cloud over her head. So that's not good for anybody, but it is what it is. You know, um, it's crazy. But in other news, let me get quick. Brian Cage has not signed with AEW, and I'm going to say it again. Brian Cage has not signed with AEW, and I want to – some of my fans, I'm sorry that I jumped the gun on Sunday. But then again, it was all over Twitter. It was all over the place. As soon as he um, um, job to RVD, um, he ended up, um, how you call it? There was a tweet that came around from Un- so- SoCal Uncensored, which is a dirt sheet, and claimed that Brian Case had signed with, w- uh, not with WWE, AEW, and that went all over the place And Marissa signed, my- Marissa Santos, whatever. Brian Cage's wife said that that's not true, whatever, but who knows? This is not. A, I don't, we don't know if it's a work or not. But then, um, I hear now that Brian Cage has a torn bicep, so who knows how long he's going to be out, and that's a problem right there, so um, who knows? Um, also, in the news that I know of, uh, I know uh, we all know that Marty Scrolls signed with Ring of Honor. Um, now he's head of booking. Would he work with AEW. That's something that we all want, of course, and Honor needs it. It'll be great to have New Japan, AEW, and Honor all work together. Uh, it'll be great for the fans and everybody else. Um, so that's another thing that we have to look forward to. Also, there's something that came through the through the uh, Fightful. Uh, uh, word is that Impact was banned from Twitch. And I don't know how that happened, but apparently Impact uh, last night put RVD with the two girls that he had. There was um, nudity and all that stuff. And Twitch banned Impact. You know, Impact was so happy when, Impact fans were so happy when they ended up. Um, they ended up with Access Channel. And they went and they were like, oh, we got Access channel, but New Japan was still there. They still had a year left on Access Channel. And Anthem went and bought them. Uh, and pretty much Anthem ended up saying to New Japan, you either work with us or we'll kick you out. And then New Japan they didn't want to work with Impact. So they Anthem ended up kicking them out of Access Channel. But how quick karma comes out of nowhere and makes you pay a big price. Now, who the hell is watching Impact? Impact is a debt promotion, and I'm gonna keep saying it. Debt promotion. They got nothing going. With the fact that Tessa won the belt, now she had the black claw over her head. Uh, so I don't know what's gonna happen with them now. They're being banned from Twitch. So let's say if nobody watches the show, Access Channel, and if they had less, uh, less um, fans, they got less fans now because now they banned from Twitch, and we don't know how long it is. What's gonna happen, but. Right now, Impact is banned from Twitch because of the nudity that has to do with RVD and the strippers or whatever it is. And Impact. Let me tell you something. Uh, I don't care if anybody comes and tries to attack me for talking about Impact. Again, Impact is a dead promotion. That promotion, the only one that I care for in there is Sammy Callahan and Tristan Blanchard. The rest, and maybe the North, and um, and you know, the, uh, one of the guys is from the Rascal. Is one of the guys that I saw wrestling. Uh, I forgot his name, Xavier or something. Denzel Xavier, something that's his name, which I like. The rest of the guys, and Ace Austin. Listen so the guys, and there nothing really happening. They're not they're not moving the needle. They're not doing nothing. And and they're pretty much doing all the shows in, in Toronto in Canada. So who watches that? Anyway, who cares? Anyway. Um this is the end of the show. It was a short show today. Um I'm if I sound like I'm not really out of it and just it's been a rough week for me but um but i want to thank all my fans to listen to my podcast and i hope that you guys like it uh feel free to subscribe to my podcast they're available in google uh stitcher ipod right uh I Heart radio ipod radio <laughs> i Heart radio pandora uh, spotify uh apple i already think i mentioned that already three thousand times uh, any major platforms that you guys listen to podcasts, you can listen to this podcast. I want to thank all the people from Puerto, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Portugal, Ireland, um, United Kingdom, Australia. Um, who else? Yeah, I may be missing. And then all my friends in the United States who listen to this podcast, thank you for all your support. Also, guys, if you want to hear more about my my podcast, I have a YouTube channel called the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Um, I just... Um, revamp a little bit a new uh, logo and the whole nine so check out my latest video i put there about why new japan and AEW should have a working relationship as soon as possible check out that that podcast on youtube it's on the chokeslam wrestling report same name as this you can check it out so check it out give me a thumbs up subscribe to the channel um hit that notification bell whenever you get chance also subscribe to this podcast and you'll get all the latest wrestling rumors and news um, uh, of the week. And uh, I just made one on Monday um, where I speak about, if I'm correct, uh, I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, check it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of it today. I'm sorry, guys. Also, I want to give shout out to R32. R32 uh, is a uh, store that does... Um, uh, design apparels for anything, sneakers, hats, scarf, whatever you want to need. He, my boy Vernie take care of you with all his designs. You want to find out more information from R32 located in Highland Mills, New York? You can find them in www.r32.store. Again, that's www.32.store, and you get all the information and all you need in there. Shout-out to my boy from Turnbuckle Tabloid for hooking me up. Uh, um, not hooking me up. I'm sorry. Um, for supporting my podcast, same way I support his. And hopefully, down the line, we could do something together. To my boy, James Santiago. Also, shout-out to Salrex for hooking my banners up on my YouTube channel and my Twitter, my Twitter account, plus my Anchor account my podcast, everything, uh, checks out, Rex out, uh, if you want you guys want, uh, banners designed for your videos or your, uh, YouTube channels, Twitter, whatever you need. So check them out. Um, once again, guys, thank you for everything for the support. And I'll see you guys on Monday this weekend. I don't think there's anything, anything big going on as far as wrestling, but who knows? Uh, then again, thank you for everything. Hope to see you guys on Monday with Wrestling News and Wrestling Rumors, and have a good night.